Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. This afternoon, I want you to pray to the Lord and ask that He speaks to you personally. Ask that the Lord will speak to you like he has never done before that whatever he had in mind concerning you today your ears will be opened to hear the voice of God tell the Lord that I have come whatever brought me here Lord if there is anything that you have in store for me today let me have a heart that is open and prepared to receive. Let me have a mindset ready to receive. Let it not be like any other ordinary church attendance. Let it not be like any other ordinary meeting that I have attended. But today, make it special for me, Lord. Speak to me. Speak to me. Oh, yes. Ask the Holy Spirit to touch you personally. That the Holy Spirit will minister to you personally. That there is a personal word for you. A word that is structured for you. Oh, Jesus. We avail our hearts to you. Oh, Jesus. We avail our lives to you. We say, take control. Seize the atmosphere. Let your will be done. Move amongst your people. Oh, Spirit of God. We avail ourselves to you. Jesus. We avail ourselves to you. Oh, Spirit of God. Move amongst your people. I avail myself as a vessel unto you. Feel me. Feel me. And use me. Just as a vessel. And in the end, oh Jesus, all the glory belongs to you. Jesus. As we pray. We pray to you, Jesus. We call on you, Jesus. Today, let it be our day. Today, let it be a time. A time of change. A time of transformation. A moment of encounter. Oh Jesus. Let it be our calling today. Let it be our day today. In the name of Jesus. We thank you. Yes. As we Please clap your hands together for Jesus and 
you may sit on top of your enemy. And turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter number 14. Luke chapter 14 and verse number 16. Luke chapter 14, and we are reading from verse number 16. It says, Then said he unto them, unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. A certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden or that were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent or with one accord began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them, or I go to check on them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things, or told his Lord all these excuses. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Hallelujah. You know, many of you have received invitations to different events before. And often, when you receive such invitation, at the end of the invitation, there is an RSVP. And I'm not sure if a lot of you understand what that means, because it's not English. But um, it's, it's coined from French. And so you will see RSVP, and it is asking you to respond to the invitation, whether you are coming or not. 
Now you have the choice in such circumstances, you have the choice to accept the invitation or to refuse it. Now when a person has written RSVP, he's expecting that some people will be able to come, others will not. He knows that it depends on your availability. And often that is okay to say, excuse me, I have such and such a thing, or I have this other event, and so I cannot come. And usually the host does not get angry because he knows that not everyone can come. But this invitation appeared to be different. This is a different kind of invitation. The host or the master did not add an RSVP. The master was not expecting that anyone will have any good enough reason not to come. So when the invitees were coming up with all kinds of excuses, when they were telling him that I have bought a land, I have acquired a property, and because of that, excuse me, I cannot come. And another one said, I have acquired new cars. I have bought oxen. I have bought new vehicles that are running my business. And because of that, I cannot come. And another one said, I have married a wife. I have married a husband. I just got married and we are feasting and we are enjoying ourselves. We are going on a honeymoon and so I cannot come. The Bible says the master was angry. The master was angry. You know, oftentimes, what keeps us from responding to the call of God, what keeps us from attending to an invitation by God, are two things which are listed in this story. They are stuff, property, that we acquire, and relationships. Sometimes it's your friend that is saying, let us go to the beach. And so you say, today I can't come to church. Sometimes it's your job that is calling and say, I need this more extra money, and so I cannot come. Sometimes it's something that you want so badly, and you say, I need to complete this house that I have started, and so I cannot go to church for the next month or so. And so these things are the things that keep us away from responding to the call of God. But this time the master was angry because it was a different kind of situation. This was not about the wedding. This was not about a birthday invitation. This was not about some outdooring of a child. The master was angry because there was an eternal life-threatening situation. There was an eternal life-threatening situation. We are talking about people's salvation. The master was angry because they didn't know what they were refusing. People who are on their way to perishing and he's inviting them and he says, come, come, come. And he says, I have married a wife and so I cannot come. Beloved, it's about heaven and about hell. 
I am not coming to you this afternoon with enticing words of man's wisdom. I'm talking about heaven and about hell. Amen. Amen. This is not about church business. It's not about I go to church. This is not about I know there is some God out there. This is about your salvation. It's about heaven and about hell. It's not about I know there's some supreme being somewhere. The master was angry. The master was angry because it is about your salvation. What is at stake here is heaven or hell. You know, sometimes you will receive a friendly phone call from your doctor's office. And it's sometimes just to remind you that your annual checkup is coming up next week. And so, don't forget your appointment. Sometimes it's just to call you to say that the routine lab work that you did, the results that come. So whenever you get a chance, make an appointment and then come in and let us discuss it. But other times, you receive a certain phone call and the phone call is that you ought to check in the emergency room right now. You ought to go to the emergency room, the nearest emergency room right now because there is a life-threatening diagnosis. There is a life-threatening situation. There is a life-threatening condition. And this time, it's not a friendly call anymore. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? There was a life-threatening situation. An eternal life that is under threat. Eternal life that is under threat. So the master was angry. The master was angry because of the excuses that they were coming up with. Hallelujah. There are certain phone calls. When you get it, you need to be treated now. You need to see a doctor now. There is no time to say not today. There is certain phone call. It doesn't matter what you are doing. It doesn't matter what appointment you have. It doesn't matter what job appointment you have. When the phone call comes, you ought to put everything down now and rush to the emergency room because a life-threatening situation is here. Hallelujah. And sometimes you are walking around like that and you don't know that there is a life-threatening situation in you. Sometimes you don't know that there, you are walking with a life-threatening diagnosis. Sometimes you don't know that there is a blood vessel that is just about to burst in your brain and take out your life. And so when they see that, they say, whatever you are doing, yes, we know you have married a wife, but you have to leave that wife and go now. Yes, you have acquired a property, but you have to leave that property and go now. Yes, you have bought oxen, but you ought to leave those oxen and go now. It is not one of the appointments that you can reschedule and say, I will make it next week. 
I'll make it next time around. It's not one of those times that you say, I am thinking about it. Hallelujah. This invitation was not the kind which comes with an option. It was not an invitation that you have an option with an RSVP. It is not a wedding invitation. It is not an invitation to a Christmas party. He said, all things are ready. All things are ready. This was the great invitation to your salvation. The great invitation to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. The great invitation to welcome the blood of Jesus to wash you. Your salvation was at stake. And so the master was angry and sent the servants back and said, go, go, go. People need to come now. Go to the hedges. Go to the highways. Go to the byways. Wherever you can find people. Because what we are talking about now is the salvation of the people. Salvation of your soul. Salvation to deliver you from perishing. From perishing. That is what he's talking about. Amen. A great feast has been prepared. Go and call those who were invited. Hallelujah. So ladies and gentlemen, I know that some people did all kinds of things to get you here. Some people called you many times. Some people even had to come pick you up. Church was not on your mind at all this week. Christ and church people and church things were not things that were on your mind at all. You don't consider these things and you had not considered them. Perhaps you are contemplating, on, but this week it was not a part of your program at all. But the master said, go and compel them to come in. Beloved, some people came to compel you to come in and it was God who sent those people to compel you to come in today. Amen. Amen. And so if you are here today, you have fulfilled a great scripture. Amen. I say you have fulfilled a great scripture. If you are here today, I want you to know that God sent these people to invite you. And those of you obedient servants, when the master said go and compel, to compel means an akazo. To compel them, to make them come, force them to come. Take no excuse from them. And compel them. Because what is at stake is a very serious thing. Hallelujah. You know, God's offer is always by invitation. God will always give you an invitation. You know, last week somebody asked me at work. She said, if God was there, how come there is so much evil going around in the world? How many people have been asked that question before? Or how many people have asked that question before? You have asked that question before. If God was there, if God is that, such a good God and he has all the power to stop things and to make things happen, why is it that there's so much evil going on in the world? It's a good question. But God has given us the free will to choose. 
I said, God has given you the free will to choose. Now, can you imagine how frustrated life would have been if God has not given us the free will to choose? Can you imagine how frustrated your life would be? Because you don't know the end from the beginning. And can you imagine how, the, how frustrated your life would have been if God were to prevent you from doing every evil thing that comes on your mind? You will see a beautiful woman turning, passing by, and you would have loved to turn around to do this, but your neck is locked, and you can't turn your neck because God is preventing you from turning to look, and you are so frustrated, and you can't turn your neck to look. Can you imagine how frustrated your life would have been? Can you imagine how frustrated when you saw your mother's wallet and you saw the $20 just sticking out freely and you know that the way the money is flowing like that, if you pick this $20, there is no way that she will notice. And as your hand is going, you see your hand moving and then your hand is so short, it can't even reach out to the wallet. How frustrated life would have been. Can you imagine how when you are stepping and you know that you are stepping in a ditch and it's going to, you are going to fall and it will happen and as you take your step, you are stuck like this and you can't move because God is preventing any evil thing from happening into your life. Can you imagine how frustrated your life would have been? Because you can't see the ditch that God is preventing you from. So God has given you your free will to choose. You are driving, there was an accident ahead. And as you are going, you, you step on your gas, you step on your accelerator, and your car is going back. You are trying to go forward, and your car is going back. And you are late for that appointment. You want to get there. Can you imagine how frustrated life would have been? Are you listening to me? So, beloved, God has given you the free will to choose. He offers the invitation. I say he offers the invitation. Hallelujah. God is offering you an invitation to a great feast. The master invited many, but they made excuses not to come. Hallelujah. If you are here today, I want you to understand that a great privilege has been extended to you. God has extended a great privilege to you for responding to this invitation because many were invited. We invited many people and they are not here. There were many people who were invited. They were not here. They did not respond. But whatever the reason is, today of all days, you chose to be here. And I'm announcing to you that God has shown you a great privilege for choosing to respond to this call. Hallelujah. Because today is your day of deliverance. Today God has shown you a great favor. John chapter 6 and verse 44. The Bible says, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. Not everyone can come to Jesus. Not everyone can just come. He says, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him. 
Today, if you are here, I am announcing to you that the Father has drawn you to him. The Father selected you. The Father chose you. And he drew you unto himself. You are not here by chance. He says, no man can come to me except the Father which had sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. The next verse, it is written in the prophets. And they shall be all taught of God. Today, I am teaching you of God. It says, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father, come unto me. When you hear of the Father, come unto him. Hallelujah. Some of you, like I said, church was not on your mind at all. But today, God has located you. God has selected you amongst many people. God chose you and he says, come unto me. Come unto me. Today is your day of salvation. Jesus has chosen you. Jesus has selected you. The Bible says in Psalm 65 verse 4, it says, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach you to approach to come he says blessed is the man blessed such a person is blessed whom the lord chooses and calls to approach unto him that he may dwell in thy courts some of you are going to dwell in the courts of the lord from today a decision will be made to dwell in the courts of the lord because you have been chosen you have been selected you have been located he says, and we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Amen. Beloved, there is satisfaction in church. There is satisfaction in serving God. There is satisfaction in the temple of God. It is the only place, only place where you will find satisfaction. I'm telling you. It is the only place where you will experience satisfaction. Have you not realized? Have you not realized that anything that you are searching for in the world, you will keep acquiring and acquiring and you never find satisfaction. Anything, anything that you are looking for in the world. I've not seen one person who says, I have found enough money that I need in the world and I'm not looking for any more money. Anything that you acquire in the world. If you are a, a woman and you are acquired as a wife in the world, your husband will continue to look for all a lot of other women. Because anything that you acquire in the world, it doesn't bring you satisfaction. That is why you are a woman in the world, but you see other men at your job and you still have, maybe I should have waited a little bit before marrying I think I married too quickly. The only place, it says, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house. There is goodness in the house of God. I said there is goodness in the house of God. There is peace in the house of God. Hallelujah. We shall be satisfied of thy goodness. Hallelujah. Amen. So some of you may say, not today. No, I'm not ready because I'm going to offer you this great invitation also. And some people may say, not today. I am not ready. 
Perhaps another time. I will think about it. Perhaps I'm not ready. There are certain things that I feel I need to do in my life first. And I'm not ready. But 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 and verse 2 in the New Living Translation, the Bible says, As God's partners, we beg you. As God's partners, we beg you. As a God partner, I beg you. He said, as God partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gifts of God's kindness and then ignore it. This God's kindness of choosing you and causing you to approach. Don't accept it and ignore it. Don't hear it today and ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, and today is the right time. I said, today is the right time. Today is your time. I said, today is the right time. You have received this invitation many times. Many people have tried to talk to you about Jesus. Many people have tried to talk to you about heaven and hell. And you have ignored it. But today is the right time. The Bible says, today, it says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation. Today is your day of salvation. I said, today is your day of salvation. You are not leaving this place to perish. God chose you, he selected you, and he caused you to approach. Today is your day of salvation. I helped you to come. I helped you. You wouldn't have come. You wouldn't have come. I made way for you. This is not the first place you would have been on a Sunday afternoon. But I helped you. I helped you. He says, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is when? When is the right time? I say, when is the right time? When is the right time to receive Jesus? When is the right time to give your life to Jesus? He says, indeed, the right time is now. The right time is now. The right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Put your hands together for Jesus. I said, put your hands together properly for Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Young man, you are full around enough. Today is the day of salvation. Young woman, you are full around enough. Polishing your face and putting on all kinds of things on your and going back and forth. You are full around enough. Today is your day of salvation. Listen, brothers and sisters, it is real. You may choose not to believe it. Please, I want to have all of your attention. You may choose not to believe it. I believe you are sitting here and you believe that you have brain, but you have never seen your brain before. But you believe that you have one. And I'm hoping that you have one. You have fooled around enough. You have fooled around enough. God has been patient with you enough. Today, he says, is the day of your salvation. There is no turning back. There is no waiting. He says, I compelled you. I made you come. I helped you to come. Today is your day of salvation. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. yes. You see, we have all fooled around before. We have done all kinds of things in life before. 
But today, by the grace of God, we stand doing this honorable work of God. We are not ignorant men and women. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? We are not ignorant men and women. We know things. You know what is things? A young boy, how old was he? Six years old. His mother was shocked that he could say certain things. And then she, he told his mother, Mommy, I know things though. <laughs> he says, Mommy, I know things. You think I don't know things? You see, we are not ignorant. Heaven and hell, they are real places. They are real places. Hallelujah. I said, they are real places. Luke chapter 16. We are almost done. I want to show you a real life scenario. Which you can relate to. It says, no, Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Jesus said, there was a certain rich man who was splendidly, splendidly, say splendidly, Splendidly. say like me. You, I'm talking, not me, I'm talking about you. (laughs) Splendid, say I look splendid. Young woman, put your hand in your hair and say, I look splendid. Sometimes you do that in the mirror, don't you? You say, you roll your hair like this, and then you check yourself out like that. And you say, I look splendid. Even if it is yours or not. But you still look splendid. Amen. He said, a certain, there was a certain rich man. Please, are you listening? Are you reading with me? There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, and who lived each day in luxury. Let's read the King James Version, please. The King James Version. He lived each day in luxury. Continue. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sauce. He was a beggar. Full of sauce. And the Bible says, and desiring, this poor man desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sauce. What a state to be. He had sauce so bad, dogs will come and lick his sauce. I believe he couldn't even move. He couldn't walk. He couldn't kick the dogs. Or maybe he liked that because it was like a debridement for him. You don't know what's the breed, man. That's fine. <laughs> and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. You see, this is the part that you have not seen. This is the part that you don't know about. This is the part for which reason you don't care about Christ. You see, you think that when people die, they have died. But Jesus, who came from heaven to tell us, he says that this beggar, he died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. When someone dies and you are crying and mourning over him, two things have happened to that person. Either he has been carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom or there's another place. He said the rich man also died and was buried. 
How many of you have seen a rich man buried before? You have, or you have heard of a rich man died before and he was buried. Only five people. You, your life, you don't know of any rich man. What a shock. May you be the first rich man amongst your company. May you be the first rich man in your company. You don't even know a rich man who has died. What a shock. He said the rich man also died and was buried. This is what we know. That you die and you are buried. And then we go and have an elaborate funeral and we are done. And then life goes on. No, brother, no, sister. Life does not stop there. The Bible says, and in hell, immediately he died. When we were making arrangements to bury him and we say, let us keep him in the fridge for two more months and we are waiting, the Bible says something in him is gone. It says immediately in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. He lifted up his eyes and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. He lifted up his eyes in hell. And the Bible says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. You see, today you look so beautiful and you look so handsome. You don't look like someone who can die and go to hell. But if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your master and your personal savior, you will die and you will go to hell. I say you will go to hell. I am not threatening you. I am not scaring you. But that's the reality of life. You see, I work in a place. You know, I work in an intensive care unit. And I see young people die. Old people died. Just Friday, 32-year-old died. I don't know how many 32-year-olds are sitting here. And when I look at that person, when I went in a room and I look at that person, there is nothing about her that looks like death. Beautiful. Hair is beautiful. Face is beautiful. The makeup was still on. Are you listening to me? Don't joke when you hear these things. Don't ignore it when you hear these things. He says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in the flame. I am tormented in a flame. You see, and then you say, God is so good. How is he going to put a beautiful girl like you in hell? Or a handsome man like you in hell? God is so good. Beloved, mothers are very good. Mothers are very loving. Mothers can give all their all for a child. But when the child refuses to do what the mother wants that child to do, you see another side of the mother. You see the mother turns the child as if there's no love and will whip the butt of the child. God will whip your butt if you don't do what he asks you to do. You have no idea. You see, sometimes some children get surprised. That mommy can whip my butt like that. You know, because it has been all love and hugging and kissing. And then suddenly, they get surprised. 
and that makes them cry louder. I have seen it before. It's not the bat hitting that is hurting, but mommy pa can whip my bat like that. God can whip your bat like that if you refuse to do what He commands you to do. Beloved, don't joke with it. He says, For I am tormented in this flame. I am tormented. I am tormented. And he, and, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. You know, when you go, when you leave this life and you go, there is no turning back. There is no change of mind. You know, there is no time now to say, I didn't know. There is no time. He says, there is a great gulf fixed. We can't change it. So that they which will pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. When you go there, no matter how you repent, there is no pardon anymore. So he says, are you with me reading? Then he said, I pray thee. I want you to pay attention to this. He said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send someone, send him, send Lazarus to my father's house. He says, well, now, if I cannot come, then I am begging you. I am begging you, Father Abraham, please send Lazarus. Since he's with you and he can, you can send him around, send Lazarus to my father's house. To do what? Let's see. For I have five brothers. I have five brothers that he may testify unto them. Lest they also come into this place of torment. I have five brothers and I know their lifestyle. I was there when the preachers came. I was there when they invited us to church. I sat with them in church. We were always at the back, joking. Even as the preacher was preaching, we were having our own conversation. We were talking about things that were more important to us. I have five other brothers. I know them because we never believed. I didn't know that this was real. I never knew that there is a place of torment called hell. I didn't know. And my brothers, there are five more of them. They are there. They have the same attitude, just like me. If someone, he said, send someone, for I have five brethren, that he may, he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. There is a preacher right now in the Bronx. At 2 p.m., preaching to them. Exactly 2 p.m., there is a preacher telling them the same things. That's all they have. Let them hear them. They don't need to see anything else. There is no other proof that they're going to give them. Let them hear them. That is all they have. He said they have Moses and the prophets. They have the preachers. That is all they have. Let them hear them. They can choose not to believe. Let them hear them. And look at this man. You see, that place, you don't want even your enemy to come there. 
So he's pleading. He's begging. So he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. If someone who has died, like me, like Lazarus, and has seen that these things, they are real. That heaven is real. Hell is real. It's not a joke. It's not a fantasy. If someone from the dead was to come and tell them, and tell them that, listen, I have been there and I have seen it. If someone like that was to come, they will believe and they will repent and they will not come to this place. How many of you have not heard that before? That someone, they say someone died and he rose. He died, he was near death experience and he saw hell and he saw this. We have heard that many times. We still don't believe. We still don't believe. So Abraham said, Nay, if someone were to die and go, they will not believe. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses, if the preacher is standing in front of them right now as he's preaching, if they hear not him, Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead and came. They will not believe it. And as you are sitting here, you are the same like the five brethren. But may the Lord have mercy on you. He said that no man, you see, it is, it, it, it is the grace of God to believe in foolish things like this. To trust in stupidity like this. But God says that he has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound your wisdom. He has, he's using the things that look useless. The things that are foolish. The things that you cannot put one and two together. The things that don't make sense. He has intentionally chosen those things to confound the wisdom of this world. Today God has shown you great favor by commanding you to come here. He has caused you to approach. He says even if someone were to rise from the dead and come and stand here, and said, I died once. If I said to you, once I died and I rose and I saw heaven and I saw heaven, you will still not believe me. What you need is the grace of God to touch your heart. That you, you, you also may appear to us as foolish and wise. Beloved, we are wise. We have studied things. We have learned, we have learned things. But this is real. You will only die to find out. Just as a child who is born. When the child is born, you only are born to find out that besides the womb, there is also this world. But when you come and your eyes didn't open and you come out, you can't go back and fix it. That's all you have. Hallelujah. I said that's all you have. The Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die. And beloved, when you go under a tree, when you go under a big tree, you will see under the tree that there are green leaves, there are brown leaves, there are yellow leaves. You will find all kinds of shades of leaves. When the wind blows, it doesn't matter how young the leaf is. When the wing of death blows, it doesn't matter 
how old you are, the young leaf falls, the brown leaf falls, and the yellow leaf falls. Today, the Bible is telling you, it is appointed unto man once to die, but after that death, there is judgment. There is judgment. And that death, no one knows when it's coming. I was sharing with my wife about this 32-year-old, how the family, about 35 of them in the room, wailing and yelling and crying. And it showed me that they had no expectation that she was going to go like that. Beloved, no one knows. Perhaps this is your chance. He says, while it is said, Hebrews 3.15, while it is said, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Today, if you have heard the voice of God, do not harden your heart. Please stand to your feet and let us bring the service to a close. Please don't movement. Don't go outside. No one should go out. This is a very important. We are done with the service. This is a very important moment right now. Please, no one should go out. No one should go out. Today is not by chance that you are here. It's not by accident that you responded to this call. You have heard this over and over and over and over again. But today, you have responded to this great invitation. It is not by chance that you are here. I want to offer you the gift of God, the gift of salvation. What if all of this is true? What if all of this is true? It will not be a laughing matter. It will not be a joke. It will not be, had I known, it will not be, can I change my mind? What if all of this is true and you die and you perish, you go to hell? This afternoon, I want to give everyone that is here an opportunity to receive Christ as your Savior. You are here this afternoon. You are saying, Pastor, I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. I don't want to die and go to hell. I don't want to die and perish in hell. But this afternoon, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. When I die, I don't want to go to hell. I want to be with Jesus in heaven. Beloved, these places are real places. These are real places. So with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here this afternoon. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. I see your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Lift up. I see your hand. Lift up your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. Today is your day. It's a day of salvation. He says, there is no other name given amongst men. There is no other name. There is no other name. It is Jesus. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? I see those hands. I see your hand. Anyone else? Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. You can hear the voice of God. There is a young woman here. You can hear the voice of God. It says, today is your day. Today is your day. 
and God says I know what is on your mind I know what is troubling you right now but today is your chance today is your day lift up your hand God is welcoming you to this great gift of salvation you are not here by chance you are not here by accident keep your hand up I see all those hands if you have lifted up your hand keep it up God bless you I see your hand I see your hand God bless you I see your hand oh keep your hand up oh God bless you I see your hand I feel a wave there's a wave here I see I feel a wave there is someone here oh Mashantarema. God is saying that today is your day this is your chance beloved don't leave don't leave without receiving Jesus do not risk do not leave this place without taking Jesus with you oh yes <laughs> oh Jesus thank you <laughs> thank you oh yes what a God <laughs> yes I see your hand brother now I want to see all the hands that are lifted up please I want to pray with you keep your hand higher up so I can see it and I want to say a prayer with you wonderful wonderful now if you have lifted up your hand I want you to take one bold step just come here with me I want to pray with you it's one bold step I want you to just come here with me come come Jesus says come 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 yes come help her out come come my sister it's okay come 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 help her out my sister come take it's a bold step come 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 yes there was a hand here yes Jesus ah I surrender. I feel me, my spirit. There are more people here. There are more. There are more. God is saying there are more people. There are more. There are more in the congregation who ought to receive Him. Yes. I surrender. Shh. Listen. Listen, this is serious business. This is serious. You know, I feel in my spirit that someone may not have the opportunity again. I feel it in my spirit. That you will not have this opportunity again. You will not have it again. This is it. This will be a testimony to you. That today was your day. Today was your chance. If you are the one. You can hear a voice. And it says, today is your day. Come forward. Come. I'm waiting for you right now. Just come. 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 You can hear a voice. God is talking to you right now. Come. God is talking to you. Come. Come. Today. You may not hear this again. You may not have this opportunity. I don't know what it is. Whether there will be no preacher that will come to you. God bless you. Yes. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Oh, beloved, just lift up your right hand and repeat this prayer with me. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, 
I repent of my sins. I come to you just as I am. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Lord Jesus, cleanse me. Purify me. This afternoon, I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my heart. Lord Jesus, count me as one of your children. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing me to approach you today. Thank you, Jesus, for this great privilege. Now say it with me. Say, Satan, hear me and hear me well. I have made a decision. I have chosen Jesus. I will serve Jesus. I will follow Jesus. I will worship Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. I do not walk with you anymore. You are not my master. I do not obey you. I obey Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we are thankful and grateful for your grace and your mercies. Father, we thank you that you have chosen this and you have caused them to approach. You say, how blessed is a life when it has been chosen and has caused to approach unto thee. Lord, cause them to dwell in your courts and to dwell in your house. That they will receive the benefits of your house in the name of Jesus. Build a hedge around them. Let the enemy not have a hand in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Lord, may they walk with you. May you raise armies of angels to walk with them. In their going and their coming. Let their life be a blessing. Father, because they have chosen and they have selected to walk with you. I pray, O oh God, for favor. Favor and the grace of God to walk with you. Deliver them from every temptation. We thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Brian Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.